Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is David with Prep Consulting Co. Joined with my co-host for the show and for all eternity, my beautiful Lisa. And today we're covering how preparedness helped us through a surprise home birth. Surprise! For our second child, we were planning on going to the hospital and uh, we were literally on our way out the door and then yeah we had a baby so we're gonna dive into that story and also how preparedness helped this be a rather good memory instead of misery we want positive memorable memories not miserable memories. That's what preparedness helps you accomplish. And that's what we want to show you and just give an example of how this had lots of ways to go south, but because we were prepared, it actually turned out to be amazing. The backstory, because people all the time are like, how did you accidentally have a baby at home? I was there one time too. No joke. I knew a lady who accidentally had a baby at home. And and I was like, how how? do you do that? You literally live five (laughs) minutes from the hospital. How did you accidentally have a baby at home? Don't judge people because God has a sense of humor. (laughs) And now we have a sense of humor. Funny how that works. (laughs) We laugh about it all the time. It was our second baby. And I started having contractions around eight, but they weren't consistent in any way. They were like 10, 15 minutes apart, sometimes five minutes apart. They weren't very strong, which was stark contrast to our first where I had contractions that were two to three minutes apart for 16 hours. So I was like, yeah, no, like this is like barely warm up labor. Like this is not anything I was at home and we went to bed. David had had like finals or some I don't remember if it was finals from grad school or finals from being a teacher, but he had a lot of stuff going on. We were tired. So we went to bed and I was getting kind of uncomfortable. So I got up and took a bath because that's one of my favorite things with labor is being in the tub. And then I was like, oh my gosh, like I have so many hours of labor ahead of me. I need to go try and get some sleep or I'm going to be up all night. I'm going to be so tired. So I Go and try and get some sleep before real labor hits. So I went and got back into bed for maybe a couple hours. All of a sudden, my contractions were really strong. And one thing that really helps me is moving through contractions. And so when it's real labor contractions, if I need to move to feel comfortable, then that's a good sign that it's like a real contraction. And so it was uncomfortable to lay in bed. So I got up and was like, you know what? I just want to go to the hospital because I just want to like go and get settled so and so I can rest at the hospital before real labor starts. Because at this point, my contractions were still totally irregular. Like they were still like five, 10 minutes apart, totally random. And then I had some really strong ones that were a little bit closer. And I was like, okay, like that was pretty uncomfortable. I just want to go get settled and like sleep at the hospital so I don't have to go to sleep here and then get up and go to the hospital and try and sleep. I just want to go and like settle in. We got ready to go. And as any good pregnant woman should do, I went to the bathroom before I got in the car because bladder capacity. (laughs) Yeah, that was a mistake. So I... But for clarification, for our first, Lisa had used the restroom several times while she was in labor and no baby came out. Oh, and I was just planning on going number one, okay. But I was kind of having a hard time because at this point, the contractions got a lot closer all of a sudden and they got a lot longer Uh, so it was like a five minute long contraction with like a 90 second break and then the next one would start. And so it was just hard to kind of release and relax and let bodily functions flow. At one point I was like, I can't tell, like maybe my water just broke. Maybe I just went pee. I don't know. Um, but then I felt like 
definitely need to do number two. So was trying to make that happen, but I was feeling a little constipated. It's totally normal for women to go poop in labor and we have no problem talking about it. So if this is making you squirm, we apologize. Uh, uh, I don't apologize. <laughs> You're probably an adult and uh, grow up. <laughs> I felt like I needed to go poo. It was taking a little longer than I wanted it to. And I checked because, you know, babies and poop can feel similar. There was no sign of baby. I just thought that I was a little constipated, which once again, this is totally normal. If you're having a baby, hormones make it so your intestines slow down and the result is constipation. So I was trying to get things moving because I wanted to get to the hospital and it was just taking a long time. And after a, a little while, I was like, you know, I don't know if this is quite what I think a poop should feel like. Like, this is feeling a little more intense. So I checked again. And yep, the baby was crowning. So David came in and I told him to call 911. And a lot of people have asked us, like, did you still go to the hospital after you had the baby at home? And, you know, why why didn't you just drive yourself? Why did you call 911? With my first, I had had a really bad hemorrhage immediately after birth. And uh, that was a concern that I would hemorrhage again. And so I wanted medical backup in case things got serious because... Um, with- the last thing I want is a dead wife. And a dead baby. Yeah. That just really puts a damper on things. Yeah. And with hemorrhaging, if you don't know, that's just excessive bleeding. And I lost a lot of blood. Yeah. It, it was enough that they're like, you should get a transfusion. And I was like, mm, no, I probably should have just got the transfusion. Yeah, so you should. <laughs> but don't try and tell Lisa what to do because that generally backfires. Yeah. So... <laughs> We wanted to have that medical backup because there was a very real possibility that it was going to be a very serious medical emergency if I delivered the baby um, and was hemorrhaging. We have audio clips of this, actually, because when we called 911, I just had an app on my phone at the time that recorded all my phone calls and it was on speakerphone. We are in our tiny bathroom that is literally the size. If you put three bathtubs next to each other, that is the size of our whole bathroom. That is where I gave birth to Covered our, in tile. So yeah. you get to hear everything. You can hear everything. So we are going to include that. Tell you what, I will just add in the audio of the phone call. And the only thing I'm going to cut out is when I tell the dispatcher our address and phone number. You'll get to hear everything. And remember, the phone is on speaker in this little bathroom only about 18 inches away from Lisa. This is how preparedness helped us react in this possible stressful situation. Here we go. What's the address of the emergency? Can you get the water going? Okay, can you repeat the address just to verify you have it right? What's the phone number you're calling me from? And what's the emergency there? My wife's having a baby. Oh. Okay, how old is she? 27. And she is awake? She's awake. And is she breathing? Yes. And is she completely alert? Yes. Okay. How many weeks pregnant is she? 42. 
Okay. Can you see or um, feel any part of the baby now? Go ahead. Ahead. You can see it or you can feel it? I can hear it. I can see it. Okay, hold on just a second. Okay, I'm going to get the paramedics on the way to you. Okay, is she having contractions? Oh, yeah. Okay, hold on just a second. Okay, I'm going to tell you what to do next. Okay, with each contraction, I want you to place the palm of your hand against her vagina and press firmly but gentle to keep the baby's head from delivering too fast and tearing her. Do you understand? Oh, yeah. I've been through this before. Okay. Does the baby deliver support the head and shoulders and hips? Okay. Roger. All right, let me know where she's at, okay? Her paramedics coming. Yep, they're on the way. My partner's got a bunch of people on the way for you, okay? Okay, the door's unlocked. I know this is a dumb request, okay. but we have another two-year-old who's sleeping. If they could just be a little quiet, front door's unlocked and ready for him to come in. Okay. They have their own policies that they have to follow, so I'm not sure if, if they'll be able to come without sirens or not. That's fine. How far apart are her contractions? Uh, probably about 90 seconds. Okay. Just make sure you keep the palm of your hand. I got it. Right there on her vagina. Okay. I got it. Do you still just see the head? Yep, still here. Okay. Just have her push hard to try and get it out, okay? No, just stay there, love. Deep breath. Deep breath. Deep breath. Deep breath. Deep breath. Deep breath. 
You're doing fine. Deep breath. Deep breath. Deep breath. Okay, head's coming. Deep breath, love. Okay, just remember to hold on firmly, okay? He's going to be really slippery and don't yeah, stop it. Stay there. just have to say for me that never gets old so welcome into our intimate life and there's our birth story of our second child and first of all again just well done lisa okay again she is about 18 inches away from the phone she's calm she's doing hypnobirthing doing the deep breathings and just staying calm keeping her body relaxed so it can do what women's bodies are designed to do. And women, you are superheroes, okay? You literally create another person. How awesome is that? That really puts you, the next closest thing to God as the creator is women, okay? So great job, and I'm so thankful for Lisa and my mom and all women who go through the sacrifice of bringing children into the world. Thank you. I just have to say, though, one of my favorite parts, though, is when the dispatcher asks, what's your emergency? And I say, my wife's having a baby. And then there's a pause and she goes, oh, (laughs) anyway, so we're going to cover some of the things that helped us in that situation to stay calm and have it go as well as it did. The first thing is thinking and planning ahead. So we did hypnobirthing. Which we um, talked about in the last episode. And if you're not familiar with what that is, because anyway, it, it sounds weird, but basically it means relax and get out, out of your body's way so that you can... So you teach your body to go into a relaxed state on command. It's not the pocket watch and the TikTok or doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. No, it's it's really simple. Basically, you practice going getting relaxed, which really all of us could use a little more of. So we did the hypnobirthing class. We did a refresher when we were having our second. We read books. We discussed our options and our concerns with our midwife. Um, I was not really sure what to expect because 
with my first, I had the contractions that were two to three minutes apart for 16 hours. And I felt like I went to the hospital way too early. Uh, and I wasn't sure how to gauge when to go to the hospital and how long I should plan to be in labor because second baby supposedly come faster. So talking about those things and playing the what if game, actually, it was really funny because the morning before I had her, like the day I went into labor, I'd gone to a midwife appointment that morning and I was like, not at all progressing towards labor. Like they were like, and she's 10 days overdue, 10 days overdue. And they're like, yeah, you got nothing. Like you're not dilated. You're not effaced. Like you got nothing. And (laughs) so I was talking with the midwife and asking her about my concerns with timing, when to have a babysitter come and just how should I gauge that? And our family members are far away and it's an hour. And so what, what do we need to do to, you know, make sure we get this all timed right. And what do I do if I'm in labor and I have this baby, like my toddler and I have to bring her to the hospital and just those types of concerns, you know, that pregnancy hormones make way bigger in your mind than they need to be. But it was really concerning to me at the time. (laughs) And so I was asking her about that and she was like, you know, you could, if you need to bring your toddler to the hospital, it is totally fine we've got it handled. And you know what? Worst case scenario, you don't make it to the hospital in time and you end up having your baby at home. Just hop in the tub. No, she was like, call 911, unlock the front door, hop in the tub and deliver your baby and it will be fine. And like she said it more as a joke, but rather flippantly, but (laughs) later we learned prophetically. (laughs) It was, it was a good plan that she, yeah. So the what if game Lisa mentioned real quick is just you play the, well, what if this happened? What would we do? And then we talk through it together. What if we had the baby at home? What if we have the baby in the car? What happens if I'm at work and you go into labor? What happens if you're doing shopping and your water breaks at the store? And so we just play these games of what if, so that way we are more mentally prepared. And tell you what, it helped a lot. Another part of thinking and planning ahead is have your bags packed well in advance. I would say a month in advance and coordinate babysitters well in advance. Um, Figure out who is available when and know who you're going to be able to call. And for our third baby, we took an emergency birth class because of having our second at home. (laughs) So for the third, we had our own cord clamps. We had the stuff to really do a home birth. The next one of what really helped us of number two is mindset. Mindset is just having that mental outlook of being prepared because we practice staying calm during an emergency, even small ones. And the more you practice staying calm with deep breathings, looking around, being grounded mentally, it helps you so much. And really with hypnobirthing, breathing techniques are so important. And like with birth in general, breathing is so important. And it's something that I think is really interesting because in yoga, that's something they talk about is like coming back to your breath and and slowing down your breath and focusing on your breath. Really, if you can apply that skill to life, it will help you calm down so much and help you be in control of your mind so much. So really applying hypnobirthing to life is a good skill to have. Everyone should just take a hypnobirthing class. (laughs) 
because you have stress in your life. And you get light touch massage. Doesn't everyone need a little more massage in their life? Um, with the mindset also staying focused on the moment, not the possible complications. And that's another huge thing that I feel like is something from birth that should be applied to life in general is just staying focused on what you need to do next. Like make it through that contraction, that breath, that moment, and don't think about what's next. Don't think of how far you've come or how far you have to go. Don't think of what could go wrong. Just focus on that moment. And because beforehand you've already set up um, different preparations. You've already played the what if game. You already have your bag packed. You're not like, oh, I need to get this. I need to get this. No, just stay in the moment because you've already prepared for the primary event and the alternate event and the contingency event and different emergency events. You already have that set up, hopefully. So you can just focus on the moment. Another part of hypnobirthing is focusing on positives and like hearing about positive births positive affirmations. That's a huge part of hypnobirthing. And so just with your mindset, focus on positives and build yourself up. Focus on all the things that could go right. We watched a lot of positive births and did regular affirmations. And I really think that was really helpful. Listen to this and listen closely. We had three pain-free births and we watched several different videos of other people having pain-free births. Lisa had two Tylenol with our first child, and she had nothing for the others. And again, we're not trying to knock anyone who chose a different path than we are. Again, when we got married, I was all about, there's no bonus points for pain. Well, now I know you can have your cake and eat it too by not having pain or dealing with any of the possible real side effects of a lot of the other medical interventions. And I'm going to throw this out there because when people hear no pain, they think you just didn't even know it and you sneezed and out came a baby, which I know it might seem like that after you hear about this birth story, <laughs> but it it's intense. Like it's work. It's called labor for a reason. It is work, but it is not pain. Like I've, I broke my arm, um, both bones and I had it set without pain meds. That's pain or actually... Um, with my, with all my kids, actually just being real here. Um, I did tear and with my first, I did tear pretty bad and I had no idea. Like I didn't feel the tearing at all. I didn't feel the pain, the swelling, nothing until like 45 minutes after I'd given birth. And then I was to the nurse. I was like, um, it hurts a little bit down there. And she just looked at me like, yeah, Duh. where have you been? <laughs> because when you're not in fight or flight, which is what um, most of our society teaches with labor, right? Think of any movie you've ever seen where someone's having a baby. There's always weeping and wailing and gnashing Screaming. of teeth. But if you can literally teach yourself to go into a state of relaxation on command, ladies, your body is designed to do this. It will release the endorphins, which are stronger than morphine, and literally, she didn't even know that she was torn really bad for about 45 minutes till the endorphins worn off when the midwife was almost done stitching her up. That's how strong these endorphins are if you can just teach your body to relax. The third thing that helped us was skill sets. 
And this goes back to even basic first aid training. So I did Boy Scouts. I'm an Eagle Scout, represent. And I did Cub Scouts and all that stuff. My mom was an EMT in college. And so I have sought out and practiced first aid from the time literally that I was eight in Cub Scouts and practice that and all of those first aid training skills you know of everything up to cpr and red cross certified and first aid and blah 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 and the military and different military basic medical training i've done there i invite everyone to get as much first aid training as you can possibly get seek it out in your community talk to people family members anyone who has it and have them teach you all of that came into play here. And because I had that skill set, and Lisa studied that quite a bit too, and she has that skill set, it brings so much peace of mind. And if first aid doesn't apply to you having a baby, just wait till that baby grows, keeps, keeps growing. Starts walking. Because then there's just, I think, what? This baby that we're talking about, number two, she had a black eye, one of them, and then the other one, and then the first one again. So she had a constant black eye for what, five months? Yeah, probably. <laughs> and uh, that's why she's in gymnastics now, because she's always been a little monkey. But uh, you're going to need that first aid skill set. That helped us so much. And as we alluded to, the hypnobirthing class, and we went back and took a refresher class when we were pregnant with this one. And then with that class and hypnobirthing is the daily practice of teaching yourself to go into that deep state of relaxation, ladies, gentlemen, for you to do the light touch massage. And they have, uh, what do they call those things again? Like the like talking walkthroughs, you do the light touch massage. It's kind of like before you go to bed, you listen to like the affirmations and the mental things to help you de-stress from the day. I forget what they're called, but you walk through those of, you know, you're you're up in an air balloon and you feel this weight. And so you reach over the side of the air balloon and you cut off the weights that are holding you down and you just feel light and peaceful. You go through those things, okay? And you practice those every day until the point where literally if I put the back of my hand on Lisa's back and gently stroke down, she just goes like limp and is in a deep state of relaxation. That's really all it is. And because we'd practice, we had that skill set because of our mindset. Mindset comes first, then skills. It really helped us to have a simpler today for a better tomorrow. And it was a calm, good experience. I mean, you listen to it. I, I'm going to splice in those audio clips before. You don't hear anything. And remember, we're in this little teeny tiny bathroom that's tiled. So all the noise bounces around. You don't hear Lisa weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. You, hear, you may even hear some deep breaths. But that's really about it because her body's say, taking oh, care no. of it. I said, oh, no, when I knew she was coming and there was no stopping it. <laughs> yeah. And are the paramedics coming? Why are you asking me all these goofy questions? Just send the paramedics. The fourth thing is after mindset and skill set, then you get to the stuff. Lots of times, at least in America, we like to switch that and go to the stuff first. No, mindset, then skill set, then stuff. So some things that helped us in this was plastic gloves. I was wearing gloves. Having babies is messy. Gloves are great. And they help a little bit with grip, which is nice. Okay, so for the third birth, again, we had... Lisa had already taken the emergency birthing class. So for the third kid, we didn't need them, but we had on hand uh, cord clamps, scalpels, peri bottles, blankets, chuck pads, 
<laughs> like we kept all this stuff in the diaper bag and I took it everywhere because at that point I felt like a ticking time bomb who was just going to pop out a baby at the grocery store. Surprise. So <laughs> uh, some other stuff that you want to have on hand is your phone charged, right? Because if an emergency comes, you don't want to be at 5% left of your battery life. Well, another thing that just any every single person should have is a small battery bank. Some A battery bank that you can just charge that you carry with you around and about so you can be ready to charge your phone if you need to, if an emergency comes up, and just be ready for that. We hope this example was helpful for you of just showing you how these different preparedness mindsets helped us of having the mindset to practice, to think ahead, to plan ahead, and then to, after we had that mindset, to work on our skill sets and apply our skill sets. And then finally, last place is work on the stuff. And because we were able to have that, really, when by the time it came to have our third, if we could have been guaranteed that there wouldn't have been major hemorrhaging like there was with our first child, we totally would have just done a home birth from the get-go. Like, it was so peaceful, so nice to not have people coming in and poking you and bothering you. Oh, my goodness. It was so nice to some extent to just have the baby at home. If we have a surprise fourth baby, we will just have it at home. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see about that, Mrs. Hemorrhage, and maybe need a unit of blood or two. That was only with the first one. Uh Mm -hmm. So anyway, thanks everyone for joining us. We hope that this was a good learning opportunity for you to see how preparedness applies in living and life. And just remember to look us up on Instagram. We're at Prep Consulting Co. Shoot us an email at david at prepconsultingco.com. We're on Facebook and Pinterest. And we're here to help. We are doing all of that we do in the preparedness community to be of service because this has blessed us so much. And the few people that we've been able to really coach and mentor through the preparedness process to see it change their lives for the better is so rewarding. So we would love to help you. If you have questions or things we can do to help, please let us know. And also just remember that preparedness brings a simpler today for a better tomorrow.